Thomas and Frederick. With Thomas and Frederick. With Thomas and Frederick. Welcome to the state of the franchise where we tackle franchises of all shapes and sizes. I am one of your hosts, Fred Dakin. I'm here with my co-host, Tom Stadler. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing doing great there, Fred. I am uh, this week, Tom, the son of a son of a Stadler. Um, I'm I'm feeling pretty excited for this one. Kind of getting those uh, those beach vibes, if you will. Are you? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've got I've got my bare feet on. Oh. I've got my shorts on, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm looking at your shirt. I'm looking at my shirt, and there's a lot of nice colors going. You know? Oh yeah. Well, we got the island flare going on here, Fred. I am so excited this week to talk about Coconut Pete. I think it's going to be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's so many classic hits from his albums, She Santies and Wet Panties, that we could go into. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fred. I wasn't sure how I was going to tell you this, but I got a very special guest this week. What? Yes. Coming in from the beach, I have Coconut Pete here. Well, hi there, Fred. How you doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> I heard you guys wanted to have me on your podcast, and I was just, man, I was tickled to have that opportunity. Oh, God. Yeah, it's always ha- good just to have, like, real artists on the podcast. We're always talking about all these great musicians, talking about great movies. But to be in the presence of greatness? Well, shucks. Now you're just making me feel kind of like <laughs> <laughs> more than I am. I mean, I, I just, all I want to do is just say, as long as y'all love the pina colada bird branches that I've tried to start, and I mean, we only got one branch so far, it's just out of the back lot of my house, but it's mm-hmm. it's going to be a hit one day. Well, you know, I'm going to be there like every Friday if you're having specials, and if you're going to be playing a little tunes. That's the plan. I'm going to play Shanty Cal or whatever the hell that song was I got. Uh, Ponytails Cocktails. <laughs> Ponytails Cocktails. <laughs> or, uh, you know, they call me the mayor because <laughs> I spend all my days here. <laughs> uh, Pete, uh, it's it's an honest pleasure to have you here today. Um, I did just get a note, though, from our producer. We actually did get you mixed up. Uh, we're going to have Jimmy Buffett is the topic this week. What the hell did you just say to me? Fred, I... I, This is awkward. Definitely awkward. You know, that's the last time that son of a bitch is going to up front me or whatever. You know what? I'm just going to the bar. See y'all later. Bye, Coconut Pete. See ya. Wow. That was... That was an abrupt end, Fred. Yeah, yeah. I have to... Hold on. Pull up Wikipedia. Guymy Buffett. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Okay, I I know who we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know, Jimmy Buffett. This is Margaritaville, not Pina Colada Bird. Okay, okay. You see, I'm always getting my geography mixed up. (laughs) Changes in latitudes, Fred. It's the changes. (laughs) Didn't you hate it when, like, the teacher would make you go to the front of the class and it'd be, like, a map of the world and you have to, like, point out Pina Colada Bird and point out Margaritaville? (laughs) It'd always be super embarrassing because you'd mix them up on the map yeah it was it was awful i mean it was like you just point to the like the the caribbean and you're just like uh, somewhere in here 
I'm excited, though, to, to talk about Jimmy Buffett today, though, Fred. I'm also a very big Jimmy Buffett fan. Oh, yeah, me too. I will admit, uh, I grew up on I grew up eating at the buffet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for those who are not familiar with Jimmy Buffett, he is a, a famous musician who I think is technically his own franchise because he not only makes music, he also has his own restaurant chain. He has his own, like, well, he did have an idea to do a uh, a weed uh, manufacturing business that may or may not be still in, <laughs> in He's got to get in touch with Jim Belushi. <laughs> yeah. But uh, his Wikipedia uh, for James William Buffett uh, describes him as a singer, songwriter, musician, author, actor, and businessman. Yeah, like, because I feel with our podcast, we really stretched the word franchise. That's kind of like our thing. But then, like, when we talked about doing Jimmy Buffett, he is literally a franchise onto himself with all these different facets. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he's named so many things in his business, you know, efforts after songs or lyrics in his song. And it's just very interesting. Um, so Jimmy Buffett, I think more well known for his music, though, with the Coral Reefer band. Um, and, you know, he's made hits such as Margaritaville, uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise, Changes in Attitudes, Changes in Latitudes, um, you know, amongst many others. And uh, I think Fred and I could describe ourselves as parrot heads. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I, I, uh, I kind of grew up with him. I'll get into my kind of background with Jimmy yeah. Buffett real quick. I remember we were planning like a trip to Mexico and I was like eight or nine and mm. part of the planning was going to uh, like I forget the like record and tape traders or whatever it was back then or EB games or whatever. I'm trying to think of some of the Sam Goody. That's the one yeah, I was thinking of because yeah. that's where I went Sam Goody. Or Suncoast. And <laughs> I went there, and my mom bought the cassettes for, like, the Jimmy Buffett's Greatest Hits. Yeah. The, I think the one, the Changes in Latitudes uh, album, I think it's called that. I think you're named after right. that. Yeah. And I remember playing her playing these constantly. And I remember thinking at the time I was kind of too cool for it. But, like, I did like it because deep down, my guy Jimmy Buffett is, is corny as hell. But... I do love him. Yeah. He he is a little corny, but I think that's why you have a fan base that called himself Parrot Heads because mm-hmm. they're they're in on the joke with him, right? It's it's beach life. It's like and I do want to get into this too because there's a there's a big debate I've had throughout my life, I think, as to what genre of music Jimmy Buffett really falls into. And I think you we could maybe make the argument he's almost his own genre. Definitely. Uh, he pulls from a lot, but he's very distinct. Yeah, but it, it is. It's a just it's a thing that I think people love because there is sort of like it's a subculture of its own. It's almost like its own like, you know, like uh, what am I thinking of? Like Juggalos. <laughs> yeah, like Juggalos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it just is sort of a niche thing. That's what I was trying mm-hmm. to think of. It's, an, it's a niche thing for people that that really love it. And yeah, and I think. You know, it's you talking about the tape decks takes me back to my own childhood where my parents also had his greatest hits album, which was like songs, you know, by heart. And they would play it on repeat in the car all the time, even before I think I could even talk. I just was listening to this music. Yeah. If you grew up listening to Jimmy Buffett or found him later in life, that greatest hits album is probably burning your head because it's got that like bright yellow background. And it's just Jimmy Buffett in red like yep. the hits. 
And I add, like, that cover just has burned into my brain. Yeah, and it's really just something that I guess you never get away from because there are people that love it, right? It is just sort of like this thing that is everywhere, and especially now that he has, like, his, his bar and restaurant chains, right? It's like you can go and stay at a Margaritaville resort. You can go to a Margaritaville in Las Vegas. Like, I've done that. It's, it's yeah. a great time. The know? first tequila I ever had when I was a young man was Margaritaville tequila. Wow. I actually had some recently. Tastes terrible. Oh, no. It is awful. Sorry, Jimmy. Your tequila's bad. Or I also thought maybe it was old. Because, like, when was the last time you saw, or if you've ever seen a Margarita te- Margaritaville tequila? I mean, I probably the last time I've had it or seen it was at the Margaritaville in Las <laughs> Vegas. Yeah, yeah, it it, it, was, it was rough stuff. I think maybe in a margarita it's probably fine, but ooh-wee. Yeah, it can be a lot. I also have had a pair of margarita dock shoes that were incredible. Were so they it, Jimmy Buffett? Yeah, branded? they were Margaritaville. Oh. Yeah, he has Mar- there's Margaritaville clothes, and I will say... The shoes were great. The tequila was bad. So I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I mean, clearly he's investing more in his retail than he is mm-hmm. in his actual al- alcohol production, which it's interesting because it makes a lot of sense that he would have his own margarita brand. But you would think it would like slap. It wouldn't just be mm-hmm. this like generic Jose cheat knockoff thing. But know? I guess the thing is, when you think Jimmy Buffy don't necessarily think tequila, you think just margarita. And I think like you can do kind of a lower quality product. Cause when you picture, when I picture margaritas and Jimmy Buffett in the same frame of mind, I picture one of those big electronic machines at a outdoor beach concert yeah. <laughs> whirling around. And it's just like, you can get that pre-made. Like that's what I picture. It's great though. Cause you're having a good time. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it really is a lot of fun. So you said, and we've talked off uh, podcast before, that you've not been to a Jimmy Buffett concert. I have not. I always wanted to, but it is kind of getting steeper and steeper to go, as we talked about. Yeah, it's it's definitely not cheap to go to any concert nowadays. I just bought tickets for Ringo Starr, and I paid $120 for a ticket. And I thought about it after I did that, and I'm like, was this really the concert that I would spend this much money on? But that's just the going right now to go to a show. Yeah, I think 120 for Ringo is expensive, but not uh, doesn't make my eyes go wide when I hear it. I remember, I couldn't tell the exact number, but when I heard what his tickets were going for for his last concert, my eyes did go wide. You're talking about Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, but yeah. I think because he can charge that much because a lot of his fans are like people in there for, they're like our parents who have like been around, you know, probably have some money and can afford to go to like a $200 or whatever concert. Right. Well, and I think, you know, you weren't terribly far off when you were mentioning juggalo culture because it kind of feels like this is almost like the counterculture for boomers. Like you had your deadheads. In the 60s and then in the 70s, you had your parrot heads that came in and they are just people who love to go to his shows, get hammered on margaritas. And I did have firsthand experience seeing this at the Alpine Valley Music venue over in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Uh, This is years ago now that I saw Jimmy Buffett there. But, you know, you just got some grass seats. I think the seats were rather affordable at that time. But Mm -hmm. that's also Alpine's kind of promise is like. You'll pay under a hundred dollars, but you're gonna have a great time, even if you're, you know, arguably like half a mile up from the stage. Right. So, you know, it's it's fine and it was a great time, but I definitely drank margaritas. I definitely wore some Hawaiian shirts. 
and I probably had to wear more than one. And that's why I say shirts, because I'm pretty sure I spilled on one. <laughs> I don't know why I had a spare one or if I borrowed one from somebody else. But And then I passed out in a lawn chair, as one does at a Jimmy Buffett <laughs> concert. <laughs> it, but it was, it was a fun time. It, it wasn't maybe one of the best concerts I've ever been to, but I don't think you're going to see Jimmy Buffett to be like, this is the greatest musician alive. He's, it's just a fun time. Yeah, you're going for a, an, ex, an experience... For sure. Yeah, and you're just kind of getting those crowd vibes. So, Jimmy Buffett, though, before we get further on uh, why he is such a staple of every home that has boomer parents, you know, <laughs> like, he was born on Christmas Day in 1946 in Pascagoula, Mississippi, or is it Pascagoula? I'm I'm leaning on you for. I like I liked the second one. I don't know if it's right, but I like like that sounds more like. Yeah, I like that. Well, it's like it's Pasca and then it's G O U L A. So I'm almost like Goulet. Like Pasca Goulet. Pasca Goulet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to use that. So he's from Mississippi and spent part of his childhood in Mobile, Alabama. And during his grade school years, he attended St. Ignatius School where he played trombone in the school band. So he started his music career in grade school, as one does. Uh, as a child, then, he was exposed to sailing through his grandfather, being the son of a son of a sailor that he is. And these experiences would go on later to influence his music. He began playing guitar during his first year at Auburn University before he transferred to Pearl River Community College. Well, it doesn't say transferred. It says continued. So <laughs> it's very possible he dropped out of Auburn. But then ended up graduating from the University of Southern Mississippi uh, where he received a bachelor's in history back in 1969. Mm-hmm. So this just goes to show if you are a history major or an English major, art major, com arts, whatever, you can still go and do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what, even if you don't get a job in your field. Yeah, yeah. Tell that to me graduating in 2017 <laughs> with my history degree, wondering what I'm going to do. Communications for me, man. It's all right. We all, we all go through it. We all find our way one way or another. So he began his music career then in Nashville, Tennessee in the late 60s, uh, where he was a country artist at the time. And recorded his first album, the country-tinged folk rock record, Down to Earth, back in 1970. And it was during this time that Buffett would go frequently busking for tourists down in New Orleans. So it kind of started to get some of that more, like, touristy sort of, like, you know, ex- uh, what's the word? You know, like, fan fairy type vibe or whatever. Mm-hmm, definitely. But it was in 1971 when a fellow country singer, uh, Jerry Jeff Walker, took him to Key West uh, just to go busking down there. And uh, Buffett moved to Key West after that and established a smart of his more like beach bum persona and started playing for drinks at the chart room bar in the Pier House Motel down there. And following this move, he just started experimenting, as you mentioned, with all these different genres of music. He was playing with his regular country, but then rock. Folk music, calypso, pop music, some coastal, and it just, he almost like developed a new genre. He's categorized under Gulf and Western or tropical rock. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of Gulf Western or tropical rock. I like those. Yeah. Because his, his early stuff does have a lot of country in it, but mm-hmm. it's also, it's not like 
today's country. It's like the country western vibe, or also his like first album reminds me a lot of like Allman Brothers without like the intensity of the Allman Brothers, but it's very much like that southerny, rocky thing. I mean, yeah, and I think if you had to categorize the Allman Brothers, you're going to call them southern rock. You're not going to call mm-hmm. them a country rock band, right? For sure. Like when I think, and I think it's funny because we're going to probably get to this too, but. As Buffett goes along, then he kind of finds his way back to working with some country acts. Like he does songs with Willie Nelson. He does songs with Zach Brown Band. So it's sort of like he, he's sort of always kind of standing on the periphery with those guys. But they're also people that I wouldn't necessarily categorize strictly as this is a country musician. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So back in September 1973, with the untimely death of his friend and mentor Jim Croce, uh, ABC Dunhill Records tapped Buffett to fill his space instead because Buffett was such a good friend of him. They figured that he could fill in on the record space. And then during the 1980s, Buffett made way more money from his tours than his albums and became known as the popular concert draw to be seen live, kind of like a Peter Frampton. So he released a series of albums during the following 20 years from that point, primarily devoted to his audience who was really digging his island rock or Gulf and Western, if you will. And he also branched into doing his writing and merchandising. He is a fiction author. <laughs> it's funny to think about, like, they wanted to fill Jim Croce's shoes with Jimmy Buffett. Like, two people I like a lot. But, like, I do not think of them as similar. Like, Jim Croce, I like, if I could have time in a bottle. You don't think of them as contemporary. Or like, I like mine with lettuce and tomato. Yeah, right. That, that's all Jimmy Buffett. I know he's got some serious songs, but... <laughs> He does have a couple serious ones, but let's be honest. Jim Jim Croce was definitely more of a poet than Jimmy Buffett. Definitely, yeah. yeah. He was the he was the more poetic Jim. Mm-hmm. So, of the thirty albums that Jimmy Buffett has released to date, as of October two thousand seven, which is a weird date to pick from, but he had eight gold albums, nine platinum or multi platinum albums, which is pretty incredible to think for somebody who, again, I think. Nobody would say Jimmy Buffett's the greatest musician that ever lived. Uh, right? He should probably have an EGOT, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the Tony Award winning musical. It kind of sounds like he's going for it. Uh, in 1985, Buffett opened his first Margaritaville retail store in Key West. And in 1987, he opened the Margaritaville Cafe. He owns Landmark or Landshark Bar and Grill. In Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, Landshark. I don't know. Did we ever get Landshark out here? The beer? Yes. Okay, because that was... I remember when that was coming out. I was living here, but going back to Maryland mm-hmm. around this time, and Landshark blew up huge over there. Really? I've never been to the restaurant, but like the beer, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing like the signs, the logos for it, and the area's you know, got some good beer. I mean, out there in Frederick, Maryland, is, uh, dog, is it Dogfish? What's the one with, like, the very scary dog art on it? I think it is Dogfish. Dogfish. Yeah. Yeah, dog. there's some uh, there's some good breweries out there. Yeah. But I, Landshark is kind of like a less limey, tart uh, Corona. Mm. Yeah, Dogfish Head is in Milton, Delaware. Yes, which uh, my aunt and uncle have a vacation home in Milton, Delaware. Do they really? There. Yeah. When I was there a week before then, I think, Guided by Voices... Did a show there, and uh, what's the band that's from here? The 
one, one. Na, 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 yes. <laughs> you can just kiss off into the wind. And yeah, they played there like the week before I was there. I was so mad. They did like a $15 concert at a brewery. <laughs> Whoa, that's wild. That's pretty cool, though. I guess mm-hmm. it sounds like a place that you want to visit. Um, Jimmy Buffett owns Landshark Bar and Grill in Baltimore, Maryland. And then he previously owned a restaurant chain called Cheeseburger in Paradise, which I had the pleasure of getting to when I was in Hawaii. Oh, nice. So I did indeed have a Cheeseburger in Paradise, Mm -hmm. even though that is available at Margaritaville's now. Mm -hmm. And as a baseball fan, he was also a part-time owner of two minor league teams, the Fort Myers Miracle and the Madison Black Wolf. Buffett has also licensed Margaritaville tequila, as you mentioned, Fred. Margaritaville footwear. And Margaritaville foods, including chips, salsa, guacamole, shrimp, chicken, and more. Yeah, you'll if you go to like a frozen food aisle, you'll see some like frozen cro- coconut shrimp. Mm. And yeah, I've seen margarita food and like definitely tortilla chips. I feel like I've seen maybe even at like a Costco. Have you tried any of this stuff though? I probably have gotten the chips or something. I don't really do f- like. Frozen fried seafood. Not that I don't trust it. I just don't trust me cooking it properly. Yeah, it is a little dicey sometimes when you see that stuff. So between his businesses, his album, sales, and tours, it was estimated by Forbes that uh, he had made $50.5 million in 2017. And today, he is estimated to have a net worth of $1 billion. Yeah. yeah. So he also has a $1 billion retirement village planned in Daytona Beach, Florida, that will be called Margaritaville Casino. Wow. Do you think if I really hope one day this podcast gets picked up, you know, we get a bunch of sponsors so you and I can retire out in Margarita, wherever, Boca Vista <laughs> Casino. I wish, Fred. It would be just wonderful to just be able to kick back on a beach resort with a bunch of other olds and <laughs> drinking coconut shrimp through a straw, whatever we're doing. <laughs> I can't imagine trying to drink shrimp through a straw. <laughs> it's disgusting. It makes me think of a friend who used to get like peanut butter and gummy bear shakes from Cold Stone Creamery. And I'm like, how the fuck do you drink gummy bears? Yeah, and then they get all cold and harder to chew. That's exactly it. But they were like little like gummy ice cubes then at that point. Mm, I don't mind like a Sunday if you're gonna throw some bears on top. That's just fun. But no, don't put it in a shake. That's that's craziness. Well, come Sunday, it'll be all right, Fred. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just slip that in there. So now that we we are caught up on the history of Mister James Buffett, uh, what are some of the things that I guess, have been memorable to you throughout his career? Like, when you think of Jimmy Buffett, what is, like, the top things that really resonate? Well, I don't really think that I, like, some things I like. Like, like okay, I'm a, I'm a Martin Scorsese fan. Mm-hmm. We just got the new trailer of his new movie. I watched it right away. I'm following. I'm doing this. I don't have that relationship with Buffett, but I will tell you this. I probably consume as much Buffett as anything else I do follow in love Mm -hmm. because to me, and it's something I talk about on this podcast a lot, it's, it's just pure vibes. It's the coming home, even like living in Wisconsin, sitting outside, plugging your phone in, pouring yourself a nice drink, and just 
playing some nice Buffett or even like, I don't know if you ever go on like a beach vacation in the U.S., you know, you're going you're, you're to want to throw on one of those songs. Yeah. I would definitely say people are more inclined to reach for some Jimmy Buffett now than they are for like the Beach Boys or something like that. When you're- for sure. I will say like a good memory I have and a highlight for me with Jimmy Buffett is I, I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but I play guitar and ukulele and his songs are so singable and his music is pretty easy to play that I've had like, you know, boring nights by myself where I've had, you know, a couple margaritas and I might pull up like the guitar chords and I can just like, you know, read tabs and play the song in like real time. It's not that hard, but it's just like I can make his music and cover his songs easily and it sounds like the thing I'm hearing. And that's something pretty special, I think, to be able to like perform and do the songs. Well, yeah, and I mean, and not to downgrade your ability at all, but they're not difficult songs to learn. He's playing just kind of a few chords, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's nothing that's gonna like strain you to be like, oh my god, I gotta spend hours and days trying to learn this. Yeah, if you're at a party and people are like feeling the Jimmy Buffett thing, I could pull up a tablet, pull up any song anyone wants, and we could all be singing it on the spot. And I just think there's something awesome about that. You did hit on something though, right there. I think he is very like easy to listen to on repeat. There's a lot of artists where I feel like if you would go through a stretch of just kind of like, oh gosh, you know, playing that song again, like the same night, you're going to be like, what are we doing? Who let this happen? But like, if you loop that album to go back and get it, I'd be like, all right, I'm still feeling it. <laughs> For sure. Mark. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it a lot. And I think maybe that is because it is one of those things. And it kind of goes back to childhood, I think, too. Because I think about how we had limited media availability of things. And I think there was more tolerance for repeat consumption of watching a movie or listening to an album or watching a TV show reruns over and over again, because that's kind of all there was available. Right. Right. So you weren't being like, okay, I'm going to pull up my, my tablet. Like you just mentioned, okay, let's find Jimmy Buffett. Let's go through the whole discography. We're going to listen to every song. It's like, no, if you if you wanted to listen to them, you probably got a couple tapes like your mom had, or you got, you know, I don't know, whatever else. You know, if, yeah, you learn a song on guitar, and that's all you have. Like, so I think the fact that my parents did play that all the time, it just kind of became like, all right, this is something I can listen to over and over again and not get tired of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, it was funny to me that Jimmy Buffett was framed as to me, oh, we're going on this trip to a beach. This is the music we should be listening to. Right. But it's like, yeah, who who else exemplifies besides the Beach Boys, like, a beach vacation? This, they're pushing it, but like, I feel like Jack Johnson? A little bit. A little bit. He does, he, he kind of goes back and forth with his styles, but I think he's the closest, or like a Dave. Dave. Well, I would even say maybe like a Bob Marley, though, too. But right. I think mm-hmm. people can also listen to Bob Marley in their basement or whatever, or know, like a rec room, mm-hmm. and they'll be just fine with that. This is the same thing I would say for Dave and Jack Johnson. You could do the same thing with Jimmy Buffett, but you almost feel like you want to be at the beach right. listening to that. I could listen to Dave Matthews Band on the radio or something like that. I'd be like, hey, that's Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a cover of uh, Pirate... Look, is it Pirate Looks of 40? Yep. 
and it's Ben Harper and Jack Johnson playing it at some like concert in Hawaii, and it is it is pretty great. That's a that's definitely a vibe thing. So that brings a good question then, because I do want to talk a little bit about his genre. And one other thing is that is he kind of a jam band type? Well, his his albums are too tight for that but from the concert videos i've seen he will break down a jam but it's more audience participation based than like what looks like a fish concert where they're like here's some musicians who are gonna go off i don't think he's gonna throw it to he'll throw it to the accordion because it seems like they have kind of like almost like a partnership when i was watching a video he's like another older guy Mm -hmm. i think he'll go off on the accordion a little bit but i don't think you're having like I mean, you know better than me. I don't think you're going to have like a 20 minute breakdown of. Don't ask me experience. Yeah, I guess. I, as I was I, saying, I was, I was not like, in sound mind when I was watching it. <laughs> but but could you see him like stretching out like a song like long like that and then bringing it back up? Or do you see more like, all right, everybody, we're going to we're going to put our hands up like fins. All right. And we're all doing fin like that's 100% more. the latter, because when I started to sober up was when he did fins, <laughs> which was his encore. Which Love fins. That so and that blew me away because I think. When we walked into that venue, everybody in our group that we were with at that time was like, we already know the encore is going to be Margaritaville. Nobody missed that. He ends the, sh- the regular set with Margaritaville, and suddenly nobody knows what to expect. We're like, is he going to do an encore? Is that it? And then we're like, well, what's he going to come back with? He comes back. First song he does is changes in attitudes, changes in latitudes, and then he, he puts the capper on with fins and he put a little like shark fin on his head and it was 100% him getting the audience to do the <laughs> dance to the left dance to the right mm-hmm. and like it's just funny to think about it cuz i'm like man his fans love this guy so much they won't even give a shit if he doesn't play his most well-known song mm-hmm. like last yeah i noticed that when i watched a live concert he did he did during covid uh, and it was like him in a th- empty theater with his band. And I was at a friend over and I was like, let's fast forward to like the last 20 minutes and see like what he kind of ends with. And like he legit did all songs I didn't know. Wow. And I was just like, oh, maybe it was because it was like this special COVID thing. I don't know. But it does seem he plays like what he wants to play, but he is going to get like the audience involved. He's got his background singers that are doing their thing yeah no he does he's it's just it's a i think was the the biography was kind of saying for those reading before it's very much a live concert experience which is why i think i asked the the jam band question because i think of jam bands and like you know like grateful dead right dave matthews jack johnson maybe falls in there ben harper for sure uh string cheese incident like all of them are like i think records that yes they're fine but people go for the live concert experience because they are going to kind of like go off, do their little things. Everybody's going to either be high, drunk, whatever state of mind they want to be in and just fucking zone out for three hours. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Buffett, but yeah, what you're talking about is a thing. Like, especially with Dave Matthews, you pull up like a Dave Matthews live CD. Each track's like 10 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, would, I think he does something like that once during a concert. Whereas right. like, especially Ben Harper, I remember like Ben Harper closing out Summerfest because he was just wailing on his little slide guitar. Yeah. Like, 
Uh, I do love some Ben Harper. <laughs> well, it's a, it's definitely a little of the similar flavor. I think the only thing it has in common is it's people will get high and go and just hang out. My parents have a great story, and I'll leave names out just for <laughs> identity's sake. But they were at Summerfest with a friend, and they said that so many people were smoking pot around them. This friend who had not had a drink all night or anything got a contact high from like the person in front of him because they were just blowing smoke back that he passed out halfway through a Jimmy Buffett concert. Oh, geez. <laughs> and they just said that's like our, our biggest memory from going to see Jimmy Buffett. It's just our, this friend who was just there to just have a good mm-hmm. time, just completely got knocked the hell out by all the, the stuff that was going on around him. Well, to make your friend feel better, I had that happen to me, but I think it was more dehydration <laughs> and wearing a sweater at the rave. Like, I was wearing, like, a button-up with a sweater over top, and I was in, like, the thick of it. I had the front at Slightly Stupid. So I'm sure that was in the air as well. (laughs) And, yeah, I remember dancing, and I remember being helped up all of a sudden. Whoa. Yeah. So, wait, you actually passed out on the floor? Mm-hmm. In the middle of like where where the uh, mosh pit would be if it were a rock concert versus like a chill slightly like I was in the middle of shit. Oh my god! So yeah, I spent the rest of the concert drinking a water in the back, like where all those tables are. And but I'm pretty sure it's because I was dressed to one to look nice, and I was dressed to the nines. That's mildly terrifying, though, to be honest. Oh yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm glad you you were okay mm-hmm. after all that. But yeah, I think. You talk about a concert experience like that where you do have those things going on, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, marijuana bad or anything by any means. I'm just saying it's like it's there. Mm -hmm. And if you're Uh having a good time, like people have a good time at Jimmy Buffett, it's easy to believe that you will probably be feeling it the next day. No questions asked. For sure. (laughs) I mean, and I again, I told you the story off podcast, but just to share with everybody else. Um, you know, so I did go see Jimmy Buffett in concert. And one of the things I remember is that we had two Gatorade coolers full of margaritas, one lime, one strawberry. And so you get there and, you know, everyone throws out their folding chairs. We got our Hawaiian shirts on everything. And I mean, got there at noon at Alpine Valley. And by 430, I was knocked out like I was passed out in the chair. Finally, people were shaking me like an hour or so later telling me, hey, we're going in. And I'm like, hold on. What time is it? We got time to, for another margarita, don't we? <laughs> and it, but I feel like the, the problem, though, with doing that, and I don't know how everyone does it, is that when you have everybody slamming margaritas all day, you can't just have like four porta potties available for everybody to go into. You need to have like 10 to 20 because right. otherwise it is just people rotating in. And I felt like, I ended up just kind of having to like hold it for a long time because I'm like, man, if I go, I'm going to miss the, the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I always pictured I want to go to a Jimmy Buffett concert, put me in a pool, lots of chlorine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not walking anywhere. I'm peeing in my flamingo that I'm floating in. <laughs> you need to go to like see Jimmy Buffett at like SeaWorld or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> why i'm in the tank is that what you're picturing me yeah just like they rent out shamu's tank they move them out for a bit just have people in like a pool party in there. it's like jimmy buffett's playing in the stands everyone else is in the pool mm-hmm. <laughs> oh the sequel to blackfish is really whimsical <laughs> and everybody's stoned this is <laughs> so it's definitely it's a it's an experience i think there's there's an experience to be had with jimmy buffett even more so than his music 
So we touched on, though, is tequila and his restaurant chains. I've had a great time at Margaritaville. And not just because I went and got tanked. Like, I feel like when you go in there, there is definitely that vibe, too, of, like, the type of, like, beachside bar and grill that you want wherever you're at, even if you're not even near a beach. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Island Jimmy's I've by been. Mayfair? I have not. Uh, we should go. <laughs> oh, this is, wait, so this is like nearby, nearby? Yeah, it's in a, ho- it's in the hotel, like, you know, the intersection where there's Mayfair, there's like the hotel's Cheesecake Factory, that big, that hotel right there has a restaurant called Island Jimmy's. Huh. Why is it called Island I mean, right? Like, we know what they're doing there, and yeah. it looks like a poor ripoff of a Rainforest Cafe, and I'm like, yeah, take me. I don't care. Yeah, because at that point, you've already sold out. Once you walk in that place, you're not going for authentic, you know, Caribbean food. You're going for, I want the Jimmy Buffett vibe. Jimmy Buffett, as we said, he's corny. The, f- mm-hmm. the the environment should be a little corny. It should have tchotchkes. It should have boats. It should have like sailing equipment. Yeah, my margarita should not be made individually. It should come from a giant vat. Yep. <laughs> Which is what I was gonna say. I feel like the last time I was at Margaritaville, we got one of those like giant oh, like, yeah. bongs full of like uh, margarita <laughs> mix, and you just kind of keep pouring it out of a spout like wine, and it was it was great, but. Even the food, I was like, man, the the food was just decent. Like, it's nothing like, oh god, we got to go here for dinner and we got to eat. But it's like it's a great place to hang out and just be at a vibe. I was at a bachelor party, I went there, and yeah, it was great. It's just fascinating to me that he has leaned so far into this because it sounds like he has some very authentic roots. He's a man of the south. He's somebody who grew up with his grandfather teaching him how to sail, taking him out on a boat, like. You know, kind of things that seem very just ordinary, you know, like a normal childhood experience. And it just took him going to Key West, living like the Ernest Hemingway lifestyle, to just suddenly unlock this (laughs) half of him that just became, I am expose or expose or whatever, exploitative, whatever, you know. (laughs) It's just, it's like tourist trap central is what I'm trying to get at. But I love all that stuff. I'm the biggest sucker for that. I love, like, you know, when you go to the beach and there's those, like, souvenir stores that are all the same. I want to go to all of them. <laughs> yeah. It's because that's what you're getting there, too. It's not like he pretends to be not the thing he is. And I think that's what mm-hmm. I appreciate about Jimmy Buffett. You're never going to a Jimmy Buffett concert. You're never going to a Margaritaville, as we just said, to get the authentic island experience or whatever you he's a tourist he is a traveler in a strange place that's what you are when you go and experience any jimmy buffett brand stuff definitely i'm very curious about the frozen food though now not because i want to necessarily try it but i just have to find out if it's like even like remotely good because i feel like it can't be Well, if, you know, say we do, like, a karaoke party down the line, I'll pick up some, like, Jimmy Buffett uh, coconut shrimp. Are we going to do, like, a Buffett karaoke party? Yeah, where we make everyone sing either Jimmy Buffett or coconut pizza. (laughs) They call me the mayor. Don't say that. He's still around here, Fred. (laughs) Someone call for me? No, no, we're we're good. All right. (laughs) Wow, he was still hanging out here. We do have to talk a little bit about the fact that Coconut Pete is a reference we keep making because I think there is something to the fact that he is kind of this thing. He's a brand, and people parody that brand. Like, 
whether or not it's Margaritaville, I think you can look at a lot of movies and shows that have found ways to parody the Jimmy Buffett experience. And For you sure. know instantly you can identify it like that's Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. Or just like the the extra capitalizing on like a name as a brand and like, Oh, we got magnets. We got this, we got that. And we got the, you know, like, and yeah, they're definitely making fun of that. And the thing we keep referencing is club dread, the broken lizards film. I think more people are probably familiar with like, uh, super troopers. It's all those guys. And they made a beach slasher, which, uh, I remember that was one of the first movies I snuck into. Yeah. Yeah, and I went with two friends who were dating at the time in eighth grade, and the the older brother came too, and I was like, we should sneak into this movie, and we snuck into it. The older brother did not. Oh. So the younger brother, as we're sitting there, is freaking out because he thinks the older brother is going to tell on him. Oh, shit. So eventually they both leave, but my mama dropped me off, and she's picking me up. I don't have to hang out with your lame asses. So instead of going with my friends, I watched my broken lizard movie at like 13, 14 and had a great time. (laughs) I watched it two days ago with uh, my friend Isaac and had a less great time. But um, Bill Paxton plays Coconut Pete, who's definitely like a parody version of Jimmy Buffett. And it is still hilarious. It's definitely the the best part of that movie and it's something that is so good and so quotable that i remember it even like what is it now 18 years later that yeah that, i mean i think broken lizard just in general hit at a time when it was you know comedy was really trying to push the envelope kind of be like we don't care about people's feelings like we're just going to make the gross grotesque humor or like the inappropriate humor and just not care about what it is because it's you know it's a joke but at the same end i feel like there's p- parts of uh, what I remember about Club Dread, and it was like, uh, not great. Yeah, it's definitely got all those problems of those comedies. It's homophobic, it's sex crazy, all the women are sex objects. I will say, I mean, you kind of have to take that with all those movies. There's very few comedies of that time that aren't like that. I will say, when I was watching it, before we get back to Jimmy Buffett, there is something more than the standard garbage, raunchy commie. There's something that's almost really good in those Broken Lizards movies that never quite make it. But, like, the best joke, other than the Coconut Pete stuff in that movie, is everyone gets a motive for, like, needing to kill in the first five minutes. And it does these shots where it, like, slows down on the person and the music gets all intense. Yeah. But it does it for, like, six characters in a row. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a really funny joke. Too bad the rest of the movie is not funny. Yeah. <laughs> I did like coconut Pete paella. You don't know the secret ingredient <laughs> paella coconut. <laughs> I mean, Paxton, he, he was a treasure just in general. And I mean, it's a great character. So, I mean, yeah, going back to Jimmy Buffett then from there, I mean, you have a character that is like instantly recognizable as this is a Jimmy Buffett parody. Jimmy Buffett himself, though, was in movies. One of my favorite little, like, sneaky cameos. Jurassic like, World. Is he in Jurassic <laughs> yeah, World? Yeah, I knew that's where you weren't going. I was trying no, to back him. He no. is in it, though, for a hot sec. Do you know? Do you know? Uh, he is in a Spielberg movie, though. Hook. He is in Hook. 
Mm-hmm. He plays Glenn Close. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Albert Nobbs. No. Yeah. Just, no, it's uh, I think he, he's just a really random guy. Like he's like Robin Williams, like bumps into him as he's like walking along and they like, he's like, oh, he's like, how are you? Not bad. You. Oh, it's when he's learning the pirate walk yeah. and he's like, do it like, and then he, yeah, like you said, he bumps in that guy. This isn't like, not Bing Crosby, but like Crosby from Crosby stills a David Crosby. David Crosby. Do you want me to drop all the hook, like random cameos that are in Might there? as well. Go for it. Yeah. So let's, let me go for it. So I tracked this one because Hook's one of my all time favorite movies. You got, yeah, Jimmy Buffett is like a random pirate. You mentioned Glenn Close, which people, I think if you saw the character, you might not even recognize it's Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. You got David Crosby's in there. Phil Collins is in there as a detective. Mm-hmm. You got even like uh, the most like minuscule cameo. There's like a couple on the bridge when they're flying overhead and they're like pixie dust falls on them. They start hovering in the air. They're like making out. It's George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. And Carrie Fisher did a ghost write on that that script, which apparently was like a thing that she did. She would like doctor scripts or what do you call it? She was a script doctor Mm -hmm. and like would like try and fix them up, but never take the credit for it. That was at least one of the movies she worked on, Mm -hmm. which it's a great second career for her. There, there is like another cameo, that very small, nope. like very, very tiny. Yeah, hit me. Julia Roberts plays Tinkerbell. <laughs> so small, you might need a, you might need a microscope to see. That's gonna win that one. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett, obviously, the highlight of that in his tw- ten second scene. In mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and um, apparently, I don't remember because I don't give a shit enough to go back. But in Jurassic World. The whole bit with Jurassic World is it's like built up like a boardwalk or Disney or Universal is more the vibe, like the Universal City Walk. Right. And there is a Margaritaville. And when like the shit's going down, dinosaurs and like people are running, he is like on screen grabbing two drinks and like running away. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty good. But it's like, who's going to go back and see that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think I need to revisit any of those Jurassic World movies anytime soon. <laughs> but maybe when they finally reboot the franchise for a third time, we'll yeah. start to revisit. I feel like we're going to start hitting those triple reboots pretty soon. The only person I want to make a Jurassic Park movie is Paul Verhoeven. Oh, my gosh. That would be great. I just would love the commentary about the exploitation of, like, theme parks. Mm-hmm. That'd be excellent. So, I guess that gets us, Fred, to our coulda, woulda, shoulda for Jimmy Buffett uh, in a not-so-glorified transition point here. But, <laughs> uh, but I guess, what are some things that you would offer as a coulda, woulda, shoulda for Jimmy Buffett? I think his uh, brand stuff should have more of an outreach to places other than the South because I do see these products, but like, I don't think it's just people in Florida who are listening to Jimmy Buffett or even the South. Like, I gotta say, the Jimmy Buffett love was way more in Georgia, just in general. Like, it was much more palpable. Palpable? Palpable. 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 Palpable fucks. Palpable. <laughs> yeah, but you, it, it's huge down there. But uh, like, I I would like to see more Margaritaville products, as, and I would like him to come out with like 
Jimmy Select tequila. Give me something that I can like pour straight and sip on. Because like I love a good tequila, cold like from the freezer, straight like or neat as they say. Yeah, it's got to be like decent stuff. If you did that with his Margaritaville stuff, you'd probably die. Who has like the good tequila brand? It's another Casamigos. Uh, George Clooney. That's one of them, but it's a musician who has it. I think it like Sammy Hagar or something like that has. Sammy his own? Hagar has something. I don't. It's probably tequila. I thought it was like Cabo Wabo or something like. Cabo Wabo is, is Sammy Hagar. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I only know Cabo Wabo really from Grandma's Boy. Yes. Right. <laughs> Cabo Wabo shots. <laughs> Gosh, so much like just exposure through these movies back in the mid two thousands, but. You know, that's a good point, though, because I was even shocked to hear that they have an Island Jimmy's, which is that even is it Jimmy Buffett like branded or is it just supposed to inspire that that thought? I think it's as close as they could get without getting sued. We'll find out someday. Yeah. Man. Well, yeah, I guess we will find out. Maybe they'll have better tequila and food than some of the stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like five minutes from my work. It'd be hilarious if all they sold was like his frozen foods in the aisles. <laughs> hey, if you had a good enough air fryer, I would go to that restaurant. If you're as long as you're not gouging the price. Yeah. Like I can't make fried food frozen. That's good. <laughs> I know other people can. <laughs> it is interesting, though, because you tried to think of stuff that Jimmy Buffett could do with his brand that he hasn't already done. And it's not a lot because he really has done a lot. I mean, we went down the list earlier on here. It's like, you know, he's got like his own golf course. He's got his own resort. It's like anything you could brand with that's like beach or like sea or anything related. Like he's done it. You know, like mm-hmm. there's probably Jimmy Buffett fishing poles, like margarita or whatever call it. Five o'clock somewhere fishing poles. I mean, shit, I made us margaritas earlier with a shot glass that has his like <laughs> restaurant branded yeah. on there. But. I think something that I was thinking about before, too, is, like, could he do something like he seems to have an interest in movies? You know, could he end up writing, like, his own, like, biopic about himself? I would love something kind of surreal, like, I don't know, kind of like a biopic that's, like, not, like, just, like, here's, like, like the Elvis biopic or something, but like, you know how they can do like bio, like there was that one about Dylan where all those different actors played Dylan and they had all those different. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm picturing something like that, that I want him to write, but have like Michelle Gondry direct or something. And like, but you know, like I want it to be, I remember Nick Kroll had his sketch show and he did these sketches that were like the tales of Billy Joel Oh, when yeah. he's like living in like not Matt Nantucket or whatever, he wasn't living in Allentown. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like I would love something that like a very heightened fairy tale-y thing, or I would I would watch like a Baz Luhrmann Jimmy Buffett movie. Honestly, I would put he's that beach Baz's hand. <laughs> <laughs> he's beach. He's beach. <laughs> Someone call me again. <laughs> no, not get, you. Get out here, P. <laughs> Be at the bar. One thing that I do have to say that I think about when I listen to Jimmy Buffett is we should talk like about how his voice is very distinct. And when I was little, I would always picture a, a parrot singing dressed like a pirate. <laughs> 
What do you mean? Okay. I don't know. That's just how I picture when he's got that voice. I don't know. I can't do the Buffett voice, but it's it's a very kind of funny Southern voice. It it is. It's it's a little cartoony. Like, who does he remind me of? What voice am I doing right now? You kind of you're doing like Al Gore. It sounds. It, it's a little gore, but like. Like, if you put a little, like, Al Gore with more of some southern <laughs> But there's like that. There's this sound, too. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like, he's almost like, yeah. God, he's like um, like Hank Hill's dad a little bit. Like, <laughs> But he looks like Larry David now, kind of. I noticed when I was watching a concert, he had these shades, his hair. He was, like, losing his hair. I was like, God, looks like Larry David. Oh, my God, which... It feels like if I, I don't know if he was on curb. It feels like he should have been on curb. By that I point. love a Buffett curb. That would be very good. Um, I had the, a very interesting could have would have should idea though, Fred, that I want to throw out. So let's pretend Jimmy Buffett doesn't go to Key West, doesn't decide to embrace this island lifestyle and kind of infuse it into all his music. Is he anybody at this point, or is he just some like old seventies country artist that never really made it? Well, I I hate to say it, but I don't. I think having that that hook is what really helps. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, consider that like it kind of put like uh, Jim Croce as his almost kind of the guy who I don't know ushered him in. A lot of people don't know who he is. Yeah, and so if you take away kind of the vibes of the beach, the party thing, you, if you strip all that away from his music, it is a little genericy country. Like I said, it sounds like kind of tighter Almond Brothers, which is like not necessarily what I go for when I listen to Almond Brothers. I want some sloppy ass like keyboard with tight guitar. You yeah. know? No, I think I agree though too. It's like there's no if you try to drown down. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, the song Volcano, which is, like, the worst example, into just, like, a generic, like, folk or country song, or and, and just, like, I don't think any of it works. Well, let's talk about a song called Fins. Yeah. song called Fins works on so many levels to so many people. You play that to a young kid like me who is eight, you're thinking it's a funny song about sharks. And then, like, also, it's about, like, scuzzy-ass, like, beach dudes and, like, <laughs> you gotta stay away from these fucking pigs, like. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of, like, the real song, but it's, like, kind of, like, I don't want to say it's, like, a layered song, but, like, it can hit for people at different times. And even a song like Volcano sounds like a song that they would do in a kindergarten class. You know, that's a funny way to put it, too. He almost would have had, like, maybe a career as almost, like, a kid's, like musician or something like that maybe like with animated interstitials where he's a parrot dressed like a pirate <laughs> and you're like doesn't he sound like a parrot <laughs> he kind of sounds like a parrot next he time does have that voice <laughs> it's almost like borderline like larry the cable guy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if he had a nice voice that he'd be <laughs> I just, yeah, Buffett's not one I can even attend. That's why I'm doing Cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> Heaven on earth with an onion slice. That's I like, like mine with lettuce and tomato. I mean, we have to talk about the fact that Cheeseburger in Paradise is probably the most, like, but cleansed, like, clean song on its surface other than, like, him saying, I got a cold draft beer or something like that. Well, I, let's get drunk and screw. Well, yeah, I mean, that's his, uh, man... 
talk about memories. I remember listening to that in the back of my parents' car, and I'm just like, I don't know that I should be listening to and this. They're, one. Say, they're like holding hands, singing it to each other. Yeah, not quite that. Bad, but it kind of has that 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 like aura in my memory of like I don't know that I like this situation. I uh, want the song to end. I remember my mom fast forwarding like, oh, this is a bad song because <laughs> <laughs> I always remember hearing "Juicy Fruit," <laughs> and I was like, why is this? What's what's bad about this song? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man too funny i just i love that it's just always the same like 12 songs that you just think about but it's there is there's like there's these other strokes that maybe he could have gone down but it definitely is his staple i mean yeah i feel like we've barely touched on any of the songs though too of just like the fact that they are just sort of like like Margaritaville, Cheeseburger in Paradise. These aren't like high poetry. This is just mm-hmm. like him thinking about like, I like a good juicy cheeseburger. I like to mm-hmm. <laughs> make innuendos about. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll hit you with like a good sad song though. And like and like a good like not like a deep song, but a good story song. He can hit you with like he went to Paris <laughs> looking for answers, to questions that bothered him so. And that's probably his closest to like a Jim Croce song that he has. Definitely. Where he is more that singer-songwriter. Versus something like Margaritaville, which does have a story to it, but it's not like, it, there's not like a deep mm-hmm. meaning to it. Like, some people say that there's a woman to blame, but I think. Might be my fault. No. Hell, it could be my fault. Yeah. Might be my fault. That's the margarita talk. So, I guess, though, we get to the end here fred and now that we are talking about songs let's jump into our power rankings for the episode top three top three of jimmy buffett songs for you i think i'm gonna lock in fins Because it's it's and I'm gonna give Jim Cheeseburger in Paradise the honorable mention because those songs play like pop songs. They're really tight, good choruses, and honestly, if you you like really crank those, they are they're they're bangers. Yeah, and Finn's I think is like super underappreciated unless like. It does seem like that's his concert hit. Like he does that a lot because he, he puts the hands up. He does the fins. Yeah, but I think that one's got just some great like the the breakdown. Though can't you feel him circling, honey? Can't you feel him swimming around? Yeah, like I love all that. I, that your number three or is that number? I'm, gonna call, I'm just gonna say these are the three, okay. and I'm gonna say this is always ever changing. Okay. Uh, Pirate Looks at 40 is one of the songs that, like, I'll always, like, if I grab my guitar, I'll just kind of, like, play that, sing it lightly. Like, it's very easy to play. It's pretty. Wanted to sail upon your waters since I was three feet tall. You've seen it all. You've seen it all. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to go for a Hail Mary just because, like, it's a song no one really fucks with is uh, Pencil Thin Mustache. Oh, sure. I wish I had a pencil thin mustache. The Boston Blackie kind. 
I think that one's got a nice little rhythm to it. It's got a good ukulele part to it. I think that's it's an underrated song for sure. Wish I had a pencil thin mustache. Um, it's definitely one of those that it'll sneak up on you when it comes on. You're just like, ah, oh, this is a nice little like chill out. So I think for mine, I'll definitely agree with one of them at least. And that is, I think Finn's is up there for me. Cause again, it is kind of that story song and you just, it kind of just like really catches you when it gets going. She came down from <laughs> Cincinnati, took her three days on a train. Like it's just like all of a sudden you're like on that ride and you're like, and it just keeps like throwing little curves at you. And like, even until you get to the bridge, you're just like, Whoa, all right. It's kind of getting flipped around. Dance to the left, dance to the right. So fins for sure. I will also pick Volcano. And not because I think it's a great song. And I don't know that it even like is that one of his best. But I whenever it comes on, I cannot help but start singing it. Like it just catches me and like I'll I'll just sing it without even thinking. I'm like, well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should rock that or next karaoke night. I might. Don't put it past me. I would get into it. My girls that they said to me. I'm waiting to hear your other songs because I have one that popped in my head and I was like, actually I would would have put that in my three. But I want to hear yours. Volcano is number two. Um, and then I think number three, I got to settle on Cheeseburger in Paradise, too. Cheeseburger in Because it's just, I think it's another one of those that it just kind of sucks you in as you're sitting there and... I think I just loved it as a kid too. My parents would always play that, and then we would always just start yelling like the the lyrics, mm-hmm. or the, the chorus, and I don't know. It just kind of felt like something that was like I always wanted a cheeseburger whenever that came out. It's got a great solo, guitar solo in it. Mm-hmm. I think it shreds. So I'll say, okay, I won't put this in my top three, but the song that's been hitting for me a lot recently, mm-hmm. which is it's also like a great other than Margaritaville. The all-encompassing Jimmy Buffett-style song, Boat Drinks. Boat Drinks. Boys in the band ordered Boat Drinks. Visit to score down the hall. Oh, yeah. Boat Drinks is the vibe. That's the one recently that I, like, throw that on. Like, like yeah. it's like, that's the Jimmy Buffett flow. Yeah. For sure. And it's funny you bring that one up because I feel like when I was playing a playlist earlier, I kind of bumped it by accident, not even wanting to play any music because I was like working or whatever. But and it came on and I was just like, I was going to turn it off and I'm like, this is this is good. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to let this ride. At least this this one. And it just it, it definitely mm-hmm. is a fun song. I would I would be considering I'd put that as my honorable mention, too. Cool. I think it's just not. It's not trendy to put Margaritaville up there. Everyone knows what Margaritaville. <laughs> Margaritaville, is. that's like uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of like what's a popular song by a popular band that's just like you hear it and it just sounds like white noise to you. Oh, there's so many, but I just can't think of any right now. I just want to keep going. For to me AC. now, it's like uh, living on a prayer. Like I just, yeah, I just tune it out. 
that's like yeah anytime you do like a top list or like even when we were doing like the pulp or the quentin tarantino list in that regard i was like i love pulp fiction but i feel it's like the margaritaville of jimmy buffett it's just yeah it's just like one that everybody knows i mean i won't ever turn off margaritaville when it comes on but i'm also Mm -hmm. never like oh yeah this is his finest (laughs) song i mean it is it's fun so i think that gets us to the end of the episode here fred um we have sung all we can sing we have drinking all we can drink and now it's time to to hit the road from the beach and head back to reality uh, that's the problem with vacations they end i know it's a, it was a fun hour with you uh but before we go I would like to know if you have any plugs. No, I'm just going to plug the podcast for now. I'm still adjusting to work life and all that. So just keep checking out the pod. Leave reviews. Listen to old episodes. Uh, I don't know. Download episodes again. Mm-hmm. Just make it look like we're more more of a group of people than we are. We love you guys, but we want you to feel like you're ten times as big. Yeah. I think uh, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I definitely would love people to... You know, leave a review or like us or subscribe to the podcast. Honestly, that makes the bigger difference than I know we plug like the, the tip jar every week and, you know, buymeacoffee.com slash SOTF. You know, that's fine. But literally, if you guys can like like us, subscribe, leave a review. I know you hear that on shows all the time. You guys don't know how big that is. That is that's how you get your name out there. That's how it happens. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, State of the Franchise with Tom and Fred. Uh, as we mentioned, our tip jar. You can also email the podcast at stateofthefranchisepodcast at gmail.com. And stay tuned for next time, where we'll be talking about pickles. 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 Why will we be talking about pickles? We'll get into it at that point. We'll see you then. Bye. Charge my phone and drive listening to you. And work and talk to you about me.